Hello, I am your host Albert, and in this episode of Movies, Movies, and Movies, I've got reviews for Maggie and The D Train. I have a Netflix movie recommendation to share, and I talk about the backlash that Avengers Age of Ultron seems to be getting. Maggie, directed by Harry Hubson, written by John Scott, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Abigail Breslin. A teenage girl becomes infected by an outbreak of a disease that slowly turns her into a zombie. Her loving father tries to make the best of the situation despite the horrible choice he will have to eventually face to decide his daughter's fate. As a movie about people turning into zombies via an infectious virus, this is a rather unusual one. This isn't a horror movie and it's not an action movie either. So don't expect Night of the Living Dead, Zombieland, World War Z or 28 Days Later. And although it's closer to something like The Walking Dead, it's not that either. It's a straight-up melodrama that's just filled to the brim of introspective emotions and scenes of hopelessness. There are many scenes of desolation and despair and fear, but it's also the most quiet and civilized form of the zombie apocalypse that I've ever seen. It's also a rather grim-looking movie that looks awfully drab and dark throughout. It's like it wants to hit you over the head that it's very sad and depressing, via the story and via its visuals. Many people have hardly seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in this kind of role, a reserved but strong-willed character that emotes a lot about what a sad predicament he is in that his daughter will eventually turn into a zombie. He's not spectacular in the role, but at least he wasn't horrible either. He does have a few scenes of physical action, but that's it. Abigail Breslin as Maggie is good at playing the troubled acting out teenager in the beginning, but soon gives in to despair to her very unfortunate condition. The movie gives us choice scenes that contrast what her regular teenage life could be amid the fact that she has a terminal fate. It explores her relationship with friends who are and aren't infected, and I thought it was very effective in how it handled that aspect. The best thing about this movie is probably the world-building aspect of it. Just the way this world handles the zombie infection like a contagious disease via a controlled process that involves government-managed laws and procedures. It's rather compelling. It's how I imagine the zombie apocalypse would actually go in real life, and not necessarily something that automatically descends into chaos. The social stigma that comes with having this condition is also quite fascinating and seem to be metaphors to other social commentaries. The prejudice, the judgment, the fear, and the lack of understanding can apply to many different social topics we currently face right now. Maggie is rather ambitious, but it cannot, however, hide the fact that this movie can be quite slow, have tons of meandering scenes, and have a rather boring pace. I suppose it moves in a way that reflects the sadness, despair, depression, and hopelessness of the whole thing. This is easily not a zombie movie for every zombie movie lovers out there. The D-Train, directed and written by Andrew Mogul, Jared Paul, starring Jack Black, James Marsden, Catherine Hahn, and Jeffrey Tambor. The head of the 1994 high school reunion committee goes out of his way to convince the most popular guy of his graduating class to go to the reunion, even if he has to lie his way to achieve this goal. As far as Jack Black comedy goes, I hope directors Mogul and Paul were going for a dark comedy, because that is what this is. The primary characters in this are mostly embarrassingly despicable, conniving liars. It also doesn't help when the sense of humor can be quite uncomfortable to laugh at. I could probably count in one hand how many times there was a joke that I genuinely felt it was okay to laugh at. A wacky, zany, outrageously, enjoyably fun comedy this is not. The cast of actors were at least good in their roles. Jack Black as Dan Lansman has a somewhat sympathetic role as the guy who just wants to feel like he matters. The problem is that he creates this downward spiral of lies to try and achieve that goal. 
That and it can kind of be frustrating to see how out of control it gets. We're supposed to like this guy, but it's kind of hard to like the guy. Then he gets obsessed with James Marsden's Oliver Lawless character and goes way too far to try and connect with him. Way, way too far. Oliver comes off as a douchebag of a character as well, but just like Dan, there's a side to him that we're supposed to feel sympathy with. It's easy to joke that the D train stands for a D grade rating and that is overall train wreck of a movie. The only thing really going for it is the one thing that makes it a bit of a turnoff. The subject matter is just dark and uncomfortable to watch. It's like the movie is taunting me on how far I can go watching the whole thing. There are also a bunch of scenes and dialogue that involve sex and unfortunately most of them aren't even sexy at all. At least the overall message of the movie is something I can stand by with and it might just be enough to keep it from being a complete and absolute mess. It doesn't help when the movie itself forgets its own thematic message and clumsily stumbles all the way to the end. For my Netflix movie recommendation, I thought I'd keep the accidental theme of this episode and recommend something that is actually considered a bad movie. However, for some of you, this might be bad enough that it comes completely around and becomes good. I'm talking about the 1992 kinda cult classic, Blown Away, starring Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, and the then 20 years old Nicole Eggert, who plays the sexpot femme fatale of the story. Most people back then only really knew Nicole Eggert from the sitcom Charles in Charge. So this was quite eye-opening for the teenage boys to see her in this role. Then of course, there's the two Corys, who have their own sordid real-life stories. Nicole Eggert plays Megan, the daughter of a wealthy but strict businessman. She meets Rich, played by Corey Haim, and the two get into a very physical relationship rather quickly. Needless to say, he falls madly in love with her. She then tells him that she thinks her father was responsible for her mother's death and that she needs her father out of her life by any means necessary. There might be more to Megan's story that Rich isn't aware of though and that might put him in real danger. It does. This movie looks like a straight-to-home film all with the cheap directing, writing, editing, and acting. But there's a certain trashiness to it that might keep viewers glued enough to see it play out until the end. At least for teenage boys everywhere, Nicole Eggert is enough reason to watch this and will likely be quite the guilty pleasure of a movie. I remember liking it enough myself when I watched it many, many years ago, but then I too am a guy. Blown away. Check it out on Netflix. Avengers Age of Ultron is the follow-up to the much-loved Avengers movie that first brought this superhero team together. It is one of the most anticipated movies of 2015 and will likely be one of the highest grossing movies of the year. Like most much-hyped movies though, there's bound to be some backlash against it. Surprising to me, the backlash towards the movie is more than I even thought it would be. There's even backlash against director-writer Joss Whedon. There are people saying they just flat-out didn't like the movie. Some had good reasons not to like it, while some seem to hate it just because. Then there are people who say they enjoyed the movie but are much more interested in talking about what's wrong with it and how it simply doesn't compare to the previous film. Even its big 187 million take during its first weekend at the US box office was met with statements saying it didn't make as much as it should have or questions asking if this is a sure sign that the superhero movie bubble is bursting. There's also all this talk about a feud that brewed between Marvel Studios and Joss Whedon during the making of the movie and then the talk back against him in regards to the character of Black Widow. Is the movie being misogynistic against women? All this negativity. Is this just a case of people making something big and popular at first, then loving to see it get turned down right after and put it in its place? I personally loved the movie. 
It's not perfect, but I did enjoy it a lot and would not mind seeing it over and over again. I myself can't compare it to the first Avengers movie because Age of Ultron cannot replace the thrill of seeing all the superheroes teaming up for the first time. It's just different. Fans of the comic books might have some issues to complain about, but I chalk that up to fanboy nonsense that can't judge the movie by its own standard. The movie is going to make a lot of money, but we really shouldn't use money as this ruler to decide if a movie is good or bad anyway. To all the haters out there, leave Joss Whedon alone. A lot of talk against him seems absolutely unwarranted, especially the ones involving Black Widow. I also agree with Whedon when he said that he wants to go back doing work on his own creations and to stop playing in other people's sandboxes for now, hence the split from Marvel Studios. Here's hoping he can once again recreate the magic that was Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, and Firefly. Despite all the hate, the thing is that Avengers Age of Ultron is generally a well-received movie. There's probably more people who enjoyed it over those who didn't. I suppose it's the whole vocal minority of internet negativity that can simply overshadow any good thoughts anybody has about the movie. All in all, I just want to remind people to see the movie first before placing any real judgment on it. Don't be easily swayed by what other people are saying. With that said, go see Avengers Age of Ultron. I enjoyed it, and I hope you will too. Thanks for listening. My name is Albert Patrick, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. And please check out my other podcast and my written movie reviews at whowhatwhereswhy.com. Music has been provided by DYAxis. Check them out at theyaxis.bandcamp.com. Until next time, this has been an episode of Movies, Movies, and Movies, which is part of the whowhatwhereswhy.com network.